Hello and welcome. This is Wholehearted with Adam Stenecki, yours truly. Firstly, I would just like to say humble apologies for the delay and the inconsistency in episodes of late. I managed to come down with COVID. It was a rather exciting experience. I'm in my third week, mostly over it. To be honest, it wasn't much more than a kind of normal cold, really with some viral aspects, and um, given that I have some viral load of the Epstein-Barr variety due to some glandular fever when I was a teenager, I generally struggle for a little while after any little bug that gets into my system. So my experience with COVID has been pretty much similar to every cold or virus that I've caught that's been somewhat respiratory, and nothing more than that. And uh, you can take that as you will, but it leads me to believe that we're sort of in a position now, especially with this Omicron variant being predominant, that perhaps the pandemic is now becoming endemic and we can just all move on and hopefully get back to the way things were, even though they'll never be quite the same again, because the pandemic has changed things in numerous ways. And I don't think things will ever be exactly as they were. And for some time, there's going to be quite a lot of division in society. And I think we can learn a lot from what has happened during the last two plus years. And in this episode, I'd really just like to investigate three positive things, outcomes, lessons from the pandemic. And at first, they may not seem like positives, but they are instructive. And in so, I think if we can each take some time and just sit with how we have reacted, responded, interacted with the pandemic itself, with decisions of ourselves, of other people, of institutions, of our beliefs, of our fears, of our judgments, we give ourselves each individually and therefore collectively the opportunity to do better and I think and this is my stuff I think when we individually take responsibility for what we do say feel think how we respond then that's how we can improve not only ourselves but society and humanity at large so the first thing I want to point out or discuss today is language. And there has been an amazing amount spoken of the narrative in and around the pandemic. And when we speak of narrative, we speak of language and we speak of words. And if you would take the time, you can go back to the start of the pandemic when no one knew what was happening, no one knew how good, bad, otherwise, how long, how dangerous it was going to be, none of that. And you can look at the language of politicians, of the people in leadership positions, and you can see what they were talking about at that point. And as the pandemic progressed, you can see how language changed. There have been some amazing words used 
especially when we start looking into the highly charged topic of vaccinations. And when I look at the discussion around vaccinations, one of the things that pops up to me that does not seem to be a terribly big choice of words is somehow framed as being very negative, and that's vaccine hesitancy. As if being sceptical and hesitant is a bad thing. Well, that's how mainstream media and the political figures and some would say the elites and those in leadership positions have framed this discussion that anything in and around creating hesitancy towards the vaccine is a bad thing. In fact, it got to the point where people were being deplatformed for sharing opinions that did not forward the agenda of getting people vaccinated. Now, that's really interesting. It doesn't matter where you sit in terms of pro-vax, anti-vax, pro-choice, anti-choice. It doesn't really matter. The interesting thing is the language and how it's been used. Now, historically, skepticism has been lauded, applauded, and especially in the scientific community, that skepticism is very, very important. And yet we have seen that that one term, that one use of language has really reframed the entire discussion around those people who are challenging the idea that these vaccines are the way to go. And again, I'm not saying they are, they aren't. I'm not a doctor. I have my opinions. I'm not going to share them with you here. What I'm talking about is the language. On top of that idea of vaccine hesitancy, there's also the terminology of anti-vaxxer. And anyone who has any hesitancy or questions the vaccine in any way, shape or form is lumped into the group of anti-vaxxers. And then that has been pushed further across the conspiracy scale. And these people who are possibly anti-vaxxers, possibly don't like vaccines full stop, or are maybe somewhat sceptical, or are maybe just asking questions about other options. Everyone lumped together, pushed down the conspiracy continuum, shall we say, and all of a sudden they're lumped in with flat earthers and other crazies and tin foil hat wearing peoples. So it's very interesting to look at this language. Now, what can we learn from that? We can learn to look at the language that's used around us and how it affects us in the decisions that we make individually. But I would suggest there's even a bigger lesson in this, and that is the language that we use with ourselves. There is an opportunity to investigate our self-talk, the terms, the words, the ideas, that we each hold in our heads that keep coming back around and around. And for the vast majority of people, the internal narrative is critical and judgmental. And when you become sensitive to narrative, to language, both external and internal, you give yourself the extra power of being able to respond in a different way. So there's a big lesson 
in watching the language in and around what's been going on with the pandemic. And it doesn't just have to be about society, community, politics, business, elites, haves and have-nots. It can be a lesson that you can internalize and use in and around how you talk to yourself. And I think that's a very, very powerful lesson. The second lesson that's come out of this pandemic is a lesson of belief. And again, I am not judging anyone on their decisions in and around vaccination or how they are treating themselves or their health decisions. I think this is a personal health matter. I don't think it's a public health matter at all. And I believe everyone has their own sovereignty and their own right to make a decision. So whether you're vaccinated or not, I don't care. It's got nothing to do with me. As long as you keep yourself safe and do your best to keep everyone near you safe, more power to you and I applaud you. Beliefs are an interesting thing. And what we have discovered and what's been shown very starkly is as more information comes out now about vaccines and their inefficacy as variants change and how they actually operate differently to what we were initially told. Those people who have chosen to be vaccinated, not all, but some, are stuck in the belief that being vaccinated is the only way to be, even with new data coming out. And that's very interesting. We can look at this and surmise that it becomes very difficult to change our beliefs, even when we're being proven to have an incorrect belief, because we don't want to be proven wrong. And again, I am not saying that anyone who's chosen to be vaccinated has done the wrong thing, but those who have chosen to be vaccinated based on previously communicated data and information that is now changing are still holding on tightly to that original message and that belief that they've formed about the efficacy of the vaccines. Now, let's flip that over and have a look at the other side of the equation, if you would allow me to talk about it in terms of us versus them, and I wish it wasn't like that. There are people who have the belief that full stop, the vaccines are bad, are ineffective and are dangerous, are causing deaths and vaccine injuries. Now, I don't think anyone can argue any longer that there aren't people who have responded with adverse responses to the vaccine. Some people have died, some people have become ill, there have been adverse reactions. I do not know the data about how many people have been injured or killed or adversely affected versus how many people maybe have been protected by the vaccines. Again, I am not skilled in that area and I haven't investigated it very deeply. But what is interesting is those people who have decided and have the belief that vaccines are bad will not often entertain the idea that it is other than that. And that is a strong belief as well. Again, I'm not talking about pro or anti-vax. I'm talking about the structure of belief. What can we learn from this? We can learn to pay attention to our beliefs. We can look at, especially now, how our beliefs and what we look at in terms of material and content online gets magnified 
by the algorithms of things like YouTube and Facebook and who else? Who, who knows what else is out there? It's all algorithm-based. We get fed information that talks to us about what we already believe in. We don't often get contrasting opinions. And that is a big problem. It's wonderful to have beliefs, but we do need the ability to investigate other ways of thinking, other opinions. And what I am seeing within the narrative and the reporting and the communities that are formed solely based on what's happened in and around the pandemic is that belief is strong and it's becoming dogmatic. And when belief becomes dogmatic and there is no opportunity to investigate a differing opinion or a dissenting opinion, if you will, we have a problem. Now, individually, this is something that we can investigate because we all have beliefs about ourselves, about the world, about other people. And there is nothing wrong with challenging your own beliefs. And I'm not saying that your beliefs are right, wrong, or otherwise. However, if you hold on to them tightly, you lose the opportunity and the ability to investigate another way. So this pandemic has taught us that associating and strongly joining one belief structure can definitely become problematic. And again, this is not about right or wrong. It is about flexibility. Can you entertain other ideas? Can you investigate the point of view of someone else? Can you investigate how you can do something, be something different to right now? What would you get out of that? So that's beliefs. And the third one, which I find really interesting, is this idea of acceptance. The word acceptance in psychology and in therapy and in healing often gets misidentified, misunderstood as resignation. Acceptance isn't resignation. Resignation is throwing up your hands and saying, whatever, we'll do it your way. You know, I don't care anymore. I just have no energy to keep going. But acceptance is not that. Acceptance is not giving up on yourself or on anyone else or on anything, but it is recognizing that there is a need to allow things as they are right now, to allow things to be as they are right now. If you want to change something, you have to accept how things are. Now, when we look at the pandemic, there's a lot going on. And we can fall into the trap of wishing things were like they were before the pandemic. But they can't be like that. And we have to accept that things have changed so we can allow ourselves the opportunity to move on. We can hope that things are different. And hope's a wonderful thing. And yet, we still do really need to accept how things are. So right now I'm on the tail end of being struck down, if you will, with COVID. And I was only sick for three or four days, but I have been fatigued for a couple of weeks afterwards. I will admit to you that I struggle to accept that I'm tired because I have things that I want to do. And yet, 
wasting energy worrying about or wanting it to be other than it is is completely useless to me. On those days that I have been fatigued and tired, on those days that I have allowed myself to rest, my body, my mind and my spirit have responded better than those days where I have just pushed on. So I have learnt that I need to accept things as they are. And out in the bigger world, there's a lot going on. People have lost their jobs. People are being forced to make decisions that they don't want to make. People are uncertain. And we can get trapped in the anxiety, in the stress, in the overwhelm of wishing things were different than they actually are. And that's a big trap. In order to be able to move forward, we need to accept things as they are and then allow ourselves to make new decisions. So they're the three lessons that I have recognized in and around what's going on in the pandemic at the moment. Language, beliefs, and acceptance. And it is my feeling that when we understand how language works and influences us, both from external and from internal places, that we increase our power and our ability to live richer and better and more rewarding lives. When we understand our beliefs and how our beliefs restrict and also service, again, we open up opportunity to have a better life. And when we have this ability to practice acceptance every day, we allow, very important word here, allow ourselves to see things as they are without needing to judge. And therefore we let go of a whole lot of mental and emotional load. And we open ourselves up to the possibility of moving on without getting stuck. And to be honest, that's about all the energy I have to give you today because I need to rest. I need to rest my throat and allow myself time to recover. You see, I'm accepting that right now I'm not at 100%. But that's okay. That's just how things are at the moment. I do hope that you've got something out of this investigation of the positive aspects and the positive lessons of the pandemic. As always, I appreciate you and I appreciate you lending you, <laughs> I appreciate you lending me your ears. My brain's turned to mush. I'll see you next time. Be well.